Assalamu alaikum, this is Samia of Matcha Talk popping in just a little bit before we air the recording of this episode to say a few things. The first thing is, as you know, we've been gone for a few months. We were taking a little bit of a break to get some things in order. But now the information that we shared on this episode is a little bit dated. Most notably, the indigenous children grave that were found in Canada. We cited around 215 at this time in the recording of this episode. However, by now the number has increased significantly. Um... The Truth and Reconciliation Commission has documented more than 6,000 student deaths at boarding schools, and they're estimating the number to be as high as 25,000. So that is a grossly large number. And why are we talking about this? Um, This was one of the facts that we shared in a completely different discussion in this episode. I'm looking forward to your remarks and your emails and messages about this because it is a little bit of a doozy. And secondly, we want to thank our sponsors, Quran and Me Journaling app, an app that I still use and love to this day to have a personal reflection with the Quran that I can take with me on the go or have as a reference when I am transferring all of that reflection into a journal. It is a lovely app and you can find it on Android and Google. Many thanks to them and thank you for coming back to give us another listen and joining us for another episode of Matcha Talk. It's time for a matcha talk. Assalamualaikum. I'm Summer. I'm Samia. And welcome to our podcast where we put on our Dean filters and question all the shady things we have seen. This time, I think Samia, you have seen something shady, but it's a it's a it's a hot button topic. I feel I'm not gonna say much because I haven't read much, honestly. So I'm I'm just gonna let you get right into it. What did you see? Let me tell you, Summer. I still, when I still think about this right now, I have this like visceral reaction in me where I like, I want to do something about it, but I know I can't. But what I can do is talk about it in our podcast. So whoever's listening to all the listeners and hopefully more listeners in the future will listen and actually just, just be in a position to ask themselves the valid questions. And, and like what we do in our podcast always is that we encourage others to uh, what do we encourage others to do, Summer? We encourage everyone. Look, mm-hmm. look at shady things with the Dean filter <laughs> on. <laughs> I think the first would be look at something and say, is this shady? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would Matcha Talk do a podcast on this? <laughs> <laughs> conscious consumerism. <laughs> be conscious with what you interact with on social media. Exactly. Just look at something. And sometimes those practices are something that we've been doing for years because that's all we know. And then suddenly something happens and opens up your world. And one of the things that we're noticing like at this time is the Palestinian uh, situation, right? That people are actually recognizing the apartheid. They're recognizing, oh my God, there's ethnic cleansing happening in Palestine by the hands of Israel. There's a lot of, there's a lot of propaganda still. There's a lot of pushback still. Because we're so used to that, right? Like, we don't want to think that one country is capable of doing anything bad. We don't want to believe it. Unless it's a Muslim country, then we wouldn't really believe that. A Muslim country, oh yeah, of course they're doing horrible things. But oh, a non-Muslim country, there's no way. But I mean, this is part of ingrained, right? Like, we live in this country in the U.S. It is, what, built on genocide, built on ethnic cleansing, built on, you know, slavery, it's built on so many negative things, but we want to forget about it. We want to put it, oh, yeah, it happened, you know, such a long, long time ago. And then we learned recently what happened in Canada where they found you know, uh, close to 200 kids buried under a school that is like, um, uh, that was, you know, a Christian school, essentially, Catholic school. And the whole purpose was they wanted them to forget the Indian identity. That was the whole purpose. So those children were taken from their families and they were... Um, put into a school where they were abused and eventually killed and then put in a mass grave. So this is the history that we're building on. And we have a hard time believing that. But I think as a society, we're saying, okay, I think there's truth to this. I, I think there, I can kind of see what you're saying. And I do agree. I don't think it's to the extent that we might, we might want it to be or that it might need to be happening, these kinds of conversations. But one thing I can definitely say For example, uh, Thanksgiving has been a conversation in the last year it came up. I'm curious to see what's going to be the conversation this year. But uh, Christopher Columbus Day is kind of like, huh, you should be ashamed of it, not celebrating this because it was full of violence and mistreatment and misjudgment of, of folks. 
And same thing with uh, Thanksgiving. That's uh, built on blood. And it's really, you're really going to forget about the Trail of Tears right now. Like, really going to happen? So this conversation has definitely been happening in the more recent years, more so than it has been in the past. Um, so I can kind of understand what you're saying. But I, I don't think it's it's to that extent where people are really thinking about it beyond how it affects them. So if yeah. they're in America, sure, they're thinking about America. If they're in Canada, sure, they might be thinking about Canada. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's 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 wide scale yet. Like you have said, it's kind of, oh, the other countries, of course, there's terrible things happening there. But the countries with our similar people or people that look like us talk like us believe in what we do those kind of countries can't do anything bad sure historically they have but right now they're not actively engaged in genocide yeah and you know this is you have made a really valid point this is if we're kind of like clapping ourselves on the back and saying oh yeah we did it we moved on because we might we might be hearing this a lot more than before that's has not what has happened when the the change the effect of you know these conversations that's something that we will be okay with is when we see some policy changes we see some radical changes in the government and and all those kind of things we're like okay now we're noticing that there is something happening due to the awareness if you're just being aware great but that's not really helping anybody that the, the awareness that we're experiencing let's say they're talking about let's talk about the indigenous people we are saying okay we're aware and, and we're supposed to feel good about that like they've been aware about this like we're actually mm-hmm. late we're late to the game so we don't have an opportunity to say oh yeah this is awesome it's like okay we're catching up you know so there's a lot of progress that still needs to be made and uh, i mean question mark and the progress made right now yeah, and I think the question is, what do you mean by progress, though? Because mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, in the American society, there is this idea of reparations. And then moving forward, I think some people just want to wipe the slate clean and then moving forward. I don't know if that's going towards what you're trying to say, but that is definitely something that is not consistent across the board. Wait. Yes, there is some sort of understanding. The wrongs were done in the past. Let's just move forward. And other people are like, well, let's talk about exactly what the wrongs were and make sure you truly are have fixed that mistake. Or even understand it. Or even understand the wrong properly. And, okay, so shift here. We're talking mm-hmm. about the Western world, specifically the United States, right, where a lot of these things have happened a lot more than in other countries in the West. Like the European countries, they're talking about it, but not so much. As, far, as much as I feel the United States is. Like when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, it originated from here. And then, and then it's like, okay, everybody's protesting and talking about it, which was great. But you know what countries have not been focusing and thinking about their issues, Summer? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, okay, I'm, we're Pakistanis. So I'm going to talk about Pakistan and you guys need to be ready because I, we cannot, it's kind of like what I see here. And you know, it's, we're in a privileged position here because we're able to recognize some of the things that we wouldn't otherwise and i always feel that way with in regards to anything you know if i'm living in the in the u.s and i grew up here i was born here i was fed the history books here i was fed the news here i would think this is the best country in the whole universe the universe like i'm like oh this is great uh, awesome place to be at but then you start opening up your eyes a little bit and you're like okay so we have some serious issues and maybe this is not the best country i mean we're so grateful for it but maybe this is not the best country and there's no such thing as the best country in the whole world. And what one country that doesn't know about this is Pakistan. Pakistan does not know. I honestly feel Pakistani people do not know that they don't live in the best country in the world. And I think they honestly believe that they do. And this is where my issue is at. Well, well hold on. Hold on. I just want to say, I just want to, I just want to address a few things for those who don't know. So we both were born in Pakistan. You were raised a little bit in Pakistan. Uh, however, we moved here to America quite young, in our, uh, quite early in our lives, uh, while we were quite young. Uh, you saw the school system in both areas. Uh, I did not. I only saw the school system here. So that tells you how young we were. Uh, and just giving a little bit of context, that was some time ago. You haven't gone back to Pakistan. Now you no. have... Uh, I don't know how you have stayed in touch. My, uh, I have stayed in touch through good old social media, uh, Air Y G O. Hello, <laughs> you know, the the Back big when. ones, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I have stayed in touch in that way, but uh, I don't really talk to um, the folks there. I think you talk to the folks there a little bit, so you have a different understanding of it. So I feel it's important if we're going to be talking about a country like this. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, it is where we were born. Let's kind of talk about the, the big things here, though, the constraints we're working with. By the way... We don't live there right now. <laughs> we, yeah, we that is fair to say. And, and and yeah, I don't think the connection that we have to Pakistan is definitely, it's, it's quite, it's very broken. It's not strong. It's nowhere to say that, you know, oh my God, this is my identity. I don't really um, associate too much of my identity to Pakistan, although I understand that this is where I am from and my ancestors are from and my family is from, etc. Um, but honestly, my issue is not with that. I, I feel that first and foremost, we're Muslims. And for Muslims, this are uh issue is our uh, you know we always have to stand up for the oppressed period there's just no question mark about it whenever we see something wrong and injustice we're like hey this is wrong and unjust like we're the ones who are pointing the fingers and we have to point the fingers to ourselves and today i want to talk about something that happened uh probably a few weeks ago by the time we're going to air this is that um uh, in the ahmadiyya community in pakistan that there was an instance where there was a funeral procession of an ahmadiyya woman and it was attacked by pakistanis uh other pakistanis i should say and it was attacked and to the point where they did not want the woman to be buried in the cemetery. What? Yes. And so when they were buried in the cemetery, they basically wanted to dig her out of the cemetery. They were like, this is not right. Because the question was that, oh, the cemetery is a Sunni cemetery. Oh, um, but then but then the issue had was that it was actually divided. Half of it was given to the Ahmadiyya community, a portion of it. And that's where they were buried. But this is where we're talking about oppression against a minority. Summer, just just a little bit of a sidetrack here. Uh, Because of the Palestinian cause that people are now really understanding, there's been huge rallies, right? Huge rallies internationally. And they're still going on. Even though the news is not covering it, but they're still going on. And there was one that happened in the Lincoln Center, in the memorial um, in the at, in Washington, D.C. And mashallah, a lot of people showed up. And you see a sea of Palestinian flags. Did you see a picture of that by any I chance? Actually, I didn't see a picture. I heard <laughs> about it, but no. You can't. Sea of Palestinian flags. It was beautiful. And then in the middle, sticking out, was one Pakistani flag. I mean, I'm like... What is the what point this- of that? No, but, 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 I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's a very Pakistani thing to do. We are representing Pakistan and yes, so, we support you. Yeah, less, exactly. I think that was, that was the intention. It was not undermining the Palestinian cause, but it was completely misunderstanding the whole situation of why they were there. So if you're going to talk about, oh, we're so proud that the Pakistani flag was there and the Pakistani flag was represented, then why are you silent? on the oppression that has been happening on the Ahmadiyya community for decades. In in your own borders, like within yes. your own land, right? And there. why is that, that there's so much upset? I mean, Pakistan, in Pakistan, there were rallies against, you know, the Israel oppression and the occupation. They were open about it and they've always been open about it to the point where they kind of should kind of hold themselves back, in my opinion, because I think they go a little bit to the extreme and they, and they start going against Islam. But like, okay, fine, you're so against that, but it's happening right, like right to your neighbors, and that is fine. I think that's the thing. It's uh, it's easier to be critical of those outside than inside your home. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really what it is. They see injustice out there to other people, but if it's happening right next door, yeah, well, that's that always happens though. Kind of. A I thing. listened to I listened to a lecture and we were talking about giving dawah to people, and they were saying, you know. Um, how are you doing that to your family? That's where it's most important. Sure, you're giving da'wah to all these people, social media, in person, going to events, but what do you, how is your relationship with your family? And I've been really thinking about that. But, but like in this case, you know, uh, there's this blogger, um, she's known as the Desi Wonder Woman. Shazine is her name. And she's, she's always kind of talked about these issues and she made a post about it. She's a pretty big name blogger. And so she had a lot of comments on the bottom. And she was like, I stand with the Ahmadi community. And she explained why that was the issue. Because, you know, I I just want to make that clear that this is not about who's Muslim, who's not Muslim, who's declared Muslim by what government. It's nothing about that. This is about humanity. That there's somebody who's not being treated as a human being 
that is an issue that we need to be stand up standing up now, against. Devil's advocate here, but nothing is happening that is denying their humanity. They are being very rude to the very core of non Ahmadiyya kind of Islamic basics and i know people are gonna say what are you talking about, about but but i'm saying i'm saying sure they're they're offensive because of their beliefs but it, we're not killing them or are you not though are they not let me tell you some of the com- yeah somewhere people literally feel that is what is that word they use wajibul qatl are you serious that an ahmadiyya person if you kill an Ahmadiyya person, that's totally fine. Let me that's tell you the things. You oh have no idea. God. Y'all need to check out this website. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, uh, link it in the description, inshallah. Uh, PulitzerCenter.org. They have an article on there that's talking about surviving as an Ahmadi in Pakistan. And there are a bunch of them over there. In recent years, there's been a lot of murders that have happened. Uh, a lot more well-known murders where people have literally just shown up and said, oh, yeah, we're offended. You're not okay, et cetera, et cetera. They have been attacking the community. And they're, I mean, literally, if you can kill an Ahmadiyya person, it's as if you're doing a justice to Islam and you're defending the Islam and your blah, blah, blah. According this is the way Pakistani, this, according to, to the Pakistani mindset. Up. Yeah. And I remember growing up in Ahmadiyya and apparently I was not aware that the word Qadiani, you've probably heard of that. Right. Um, that is a, like sort of a slur against the Ahmadiyya community. I didn't know. I thought it was another thing. There's a lot of things I grew up with which I didn't know. Like the thing that, you know, people really talk, and I've heard this, talk really great about is Bhutto, right? The, the father Bhutto, who made it basically, uh, he was the one who kind of, in his president or vice presidency or what is it called again prime minister prime ministership whatever he was the one who said okay officially Ahmadiyya and Qadiyani are non-muslim like we have to recognize that and you know so it was like officially so then that for me looking as an outsider then I am starting to see the problems already. I'm just, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Separation of church and ch- church and state for a reason, bro. Like... Yeah, but Pakistan is not like that. Pakistan is connected. Pakistan has church and state together to a lot of extent. So you don't separate that. That's fine. But there's still a separate committee that talks about religious reasonings and things. Yeah. Not the prime minister. Not your place. Stay in your lane, bro. Well, because you, you messed know... up. Because look at what's happening now. It Currently, well. no, Imran Khan right now made some comments where he wants, you know, the whole issue of blasphemy law and all that. You know, the thing is, like, I don't want to focus too much about those things. I just want to focus on the humanitarian crisis that exists in Pakistan against the Ahmadi community. And that is a humanitarian crisis. So, so here's one thing. I don't know. I don't know. So tell me what has been happening. Yeah, so one of the instances that I read from this article that I learned, which was really interesting... Uh, is that there is a community or um, Ahmadi majority town. It was called Rabwa. I believe that's how they pronounced it. And that was their place where they were like, okay, this is our place. We need a space so we can be with each other. Because the thing is, a, a, an Ahmadiyya person cannot publicize that they're Ahmadi. Because then they're committing blasphemy, which the government has blasphemy laws against. And we know how Pakistanis are about blasphemy. Right. Right. So you have all these already things happening. So they literally fear for their lives while they're living in this country. Nobody knows that they're Ahmadiyya. Another person in the comments said she was a Shia. And she was like, the only reason why the Ahmadiyya person told me is because I'm Shia. I'm like, I feel so sickened by that. You know, it's like how many minorities in Pakistan are feeling like their lives are not worth as much as the majority. I mean, this is exactly the issue that we talk about here in the States. And we've made progress, quote unquote. But like Pakistan is way behind. They don't Nobody even in your country. The problem. <laughs> no. And they're like, no. You know, and still, even then, when the blogger talked about it, and now issue has become a little bit bigger because it did get bigger on social media. And so it's getting bigger. And so people are recognizing it. But even then, there's so much hate. Oh, no, Ahmadiyya is this. Oh, no, they say this. They say that. I just want to say to the people who, who have issues with the Ahmadiyya uh, faith, right? Like, because they have a different creed uh, differently. They say the Shahada, they believe in that, but they have a different way of looking at things. Just like the Shia community does, just like so many other communities do. Ahmadiyya is another sect. 
but I have an issue that you have, you know, how many bloggers you've seen on YouTube going to Pakistan enjoying their food? How many times have you seen Christian people go? I'm talking outsiders. I'm talking about Christians who live in Pakistan. We're not even talking about that. Talking about the outsiders that go to Pakistan. How well are they treated? Come into our house. Let me take you to over there. Let me do all the wonderful things. Don't they do that? Samimaji, I think we've talked about it. It's all great and fine. You are welcome to come into my home. Just don't mm-hmm. even think about marrying anyone from my yes. children. Yes. Don't think but about we... really ingratiating with us. But we want to show you how great we are. We want you to appreciate our culture and our beliefs. But we don't want you to really become one of us. You're still of them. Yeah. In your lane. <laughs> However... They don't have a vajibul qatl mark on them that you can go kill any Christian that you want that enters their country. No, because that doesn't not, exist. They're not believing. They're not blaspheming. They're not but going so. No, but that is my issue. Twisting the words, twisting no, Summer. the Quran, twisting the belief. That is my issue, Summer. My issue is exactly what you said about blasphemy here. I want. Okay, this is for the Pakistani people, right? Who are also a little bit like, oh my god, Ahmadiyya, oh my god. It's like, okay, so your issue with Ahmadiyya is that they don't believe that the Prophet is, a, is the final prophet. Okay, this is your issue. You know who doesn't believe that? The Christian community, the Jewish community, but the they Hindu don't, community. But they don't call themselves Muslims. They but that's don't, not they it. They don't say Summer, no. No, that no, we're no. a Muslim and yet we no. don't believe half of it. No, that's not it. The issue you have is, is that they don't believe that that the prophet is the final prophet, and so therefore they're not part of the Muslim community. That's their problem. And I just want to point out in that core issue that you have right there is how wrong and hypocritical it is for you to treat the Christian community and every other community is fine, no. but then Ahmadiyya community doesn't. I completely disagree with you on this. Subject. How do you disagree with because me on this? Because Christians subject? Christians don't say they're Muslims. Christians don't say the Shahada. They're not Muslims. Okay. At the Ahmadiyya community, say they're Muslims, and yet they're saying and yet these what? odd things within, and yet what? within the umbrella of Islam. They say things that don't fit. So, so I don't have a problem with it. However, I can understand people saying, hey, we're both talking about the same thing, but you're screwing up the message. You're messing it up. Stop saying oh, the I'm wrong sorry. thing about it. Somewhere. You're screwing up the message that's supposed to give you a license to kill somebody. Then I, I mean, I should have a license then. Hey, because hey, I've seen I'm Pakistanis just, screw up the I'm message left saying, and right. I'm just saying that your reasoning was flawed and this was the flaw. I'm, you're, you're I right disagree on this. with that. You're, no, the issue, on... Summer, the issue has been that not that they're Muslims and they say whatever. Their issue is they don't believe that the Prophet is the final Prophet. And so they don't have a right to say the Shahada. They don't have the right to say all of this because they don't believe in it. Exactly. That's what their issue exactly. is. Exactly. We're not talking about Christians or others. No, no one else my, claims no, Summer, to be Muslim. It has, we have to think of it from that perspective. If your issue is that the Prophet is not the final prophet, everybody believes that. Everybody believes that except for those who don't, obviously. Right? But you don't go out and kill them. Who are the people? Who are the Christian community believe? They believe the Prophet was not, is not a prophet, period. I mean, what does that mean? That he, he, oh, God forbid, that he lied. He made up stuff. The Quran is false. I mean, you can, and, and, no, and I, I want just, to mention that the Christian community in Pakistan is also not treated well. I was going to say, also that. treated I'm, bad. I'm like, we can talk about that, but your reasoning for trying to conflate the Ahmadiyya community with everyone else is not going to fly because of that reason that, hey, I don't they're think actually so, claiming somewhere. themselves to be Muslim. So who now, cares? Let now, me tell you a person. I say. That's what I want to say. Like at the I end w- of the day, what really matters here? Where's the humanity in it? Let's no. talk o- let's not talk about those things. Summer, I'm not done yet though. No, no. I'm okay with you saying, okay, fine. They call themselves Muslims. But you know what? If a person who says the Shahada, you're not, you cannot hurt that person. I don't care what their thing is. They're saying the Shahada is coming out of their tongue. If they're not Muslims, you have to respect them and give them right because this is our faith. If they are Muslims, you have to give them a right and respect even more because they are Muslims. Like there is no reason for any community in any country, especially in what professes itself to be a Muslim country, to be treating its minorities in any different way that is wrong. You can take my issue and you can break it down. Okay, fine, if you want. That could be a person who believes 
wholeheartedly the Ahmadi community should be ostracized and and treated as you know third class citizens. Okay, fine, you want to say that? Sure, break that down. But there are fifty other reasons why you don't have any right to treat them the way that you do. Look, all I want to say is we were talking about Ahmadiyas when we really should be talking about you profess. Well. We should also be talking about you profess to be a Muslim country. You profess nah. to say and like, hey, we are going to um, uphold these Muslim rights or beliefs and whatever. No. And yet one of the main things is within your state, even even those who don't believe you give them rights. Those who do no. believe, obviously, they have their own rights. But it's kind of like, that's, no, you're right. that's that. There's... You have no right, period, to be killing somebody for any other reason. Like, the like thing- th- that is not a God-given right to you because you don't know, A, if you're going to be like, hey, well, they're not really Muslims. You don't know what's in their heart and you don't know the reality of that. They say the Shahada, like you said, that's kind of the that's baseline there. I think we need to stop right there because whenever we're talking about an oppression in the community, when we're talking about the situation, that conversation cannot center around the oppressors. Right now, what you're saying is centering around the oppressors, trying to break down their issues and their mentality and their messed up way of thinking. This issue cannot center. It has been been centering around them for too long. This is the time where you voice and bring out the issues, the reality of the oppressed. And this is what I really want to focus on because we're hearing a lot about, oh, what do uh, you know Pakistanis say about Ahmadiyya? Fine, fine, fine. But what do Ahmadiyya say about Ahmadiyya? What do Ahmadiyya say about their Pakistani existence? How afraid are they of living in Pakistan? They still love their country. They say that. They love their country. But they're still treated that way. So I want to go back to what I mentioned was the Ahmadi majority town in Punjab. They called it Rabwa, which apparently is mentioned in the Quran. So the Punjab Assembly unanimously agreed to rename it to Chainab Nagar. I don't know what's how you pronounce that. They changed it because, oh, we cannot have a, a name associated with this community that is also in the Quran. I mean, the injustice that they face is despicable. It makes me like so angry just thinking about it like can you imagine oh no the place that you live cannot have any associated with my book because oh you say something that we don't agree with what the heck is that hold on like, I'm, what? I, I, I'm just really confused on, and I'm actually really interested sorry it's a little bit of a sidetrack here but what do you mean that this cannot center around the oppressors because what you said sounds like that's centering around the oppressors as well well it's kind of like what Someone, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the issue. I'm talking about their town that they have. They call Rabwa. That's the name of their town. That they cannot call it that anymore because this Pakistan is the Punjabi Assembly said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna change the name because it doesn't do." This is centering the issues and the oppression of the Ahmadi community. I'm not talking about Punjabi Assembly is wrong. I'm talking about this is their understanding that people don't know. People don't. Did you know about that? I didn't know about that. No, I didn't. Yeah. How many don't know about that? And how many say, "Oh yeah, that's okay." And how many are like, wait, I have no idea. This we're is for gonna, those who are like, we're I have gonna no have idea. to. By the way, we're we're totally gonna have to revisit that conversation of of approaching oppression in this manner because I totally didn't understand it in that way at all. Did you actually. remember so when that's, the black that's another conversation? No, do you remember the Black Lives Matter movement was happening? What were they saying at that time? Amplify black voices. Those yeah. were the three words. Yeah. And you remember Palestinian issue amplify amplify Palestinian voices. What is the issue now? Amplify Ahmadiyya voices. This is how you deal when you're having a movement like that. You have to amplify the voices who are the oppressed because they have been shut down. They have been silenced. They have been told, oh, you can't speak anymore because we don't agree with you. We don't value you, etc., etc." So we have to bring their voices up. And we're not one of them. And, you know, I would welcome, if you're listening, I would welcome an Ahmadiyya person to want to come to this podcast and have a discussion. And not if there's no discussion. Share your story, you know. I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with welcoming you to our platform and, and talk about it because this oppression uh, is not okay. And I don't care if it's a Muslim country doing it, Christian country, no-name country, no-religious country, because every country is doing an oppression to this sort, whether the secular or the religious-based. But this is an issue that's there, like how, how I really feel for the Palestinian people. Equally, I feel, I feel the same for the Ahmadiyya community. Whether they're Muslim or not, I don't even care. They're so, a community that's been killed. So yeah. one thing is that they fear for their lives because of the laws that have been put in place against them, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. The other aspect is that they're, they're not even able to call their home 
whatever they want to call it even though they're they're living there they're doing what they what everybody else does they love their country they're patriotic and yet they're not able to call their home whatever they want to call it mm -hmm. they don't have that right so their right is being taken away from them what else is happening yeah so at the at the time of writing this article there were 70,000 Pakistanis in that community and 90% are the Ahmadiyya community and it is privately funded and so even in them they are not really saved because in in 1989 the Punjab police lodged a complaint Punjab police subhanallah lodged a complaint against the whole of Rabwa's population on the religious grounds saying that they were displaying Quranic tests on the graves and buildings that is not okay they were not okay with that. They wanted them to tear it all down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> On what basis? I don't understand. I guess there I guess it's a little bit I'm I can't help but try and understand what is happening here because I just didn't I didn't even know it was going on like this. I knew that there's an ideological difference um of beliefs or something allegedly but i didn't understand the way it manifested or the actions that were taken I mean, i've heard about i've heard about the outrage but i haven't heard about the true actions and, and and what was happening here so that's why i'm trying to understand that just sounds so just that just sounds so ridiculous because it's it's what do you mean it's your religion at the end of the day and I feel, I wonder if it's a little bit like they feel like it's appropriation, it's our religion and you're twisting it or something. I can't help but but like try and understand where the heck are they coming from with that? Because that's ridiculous. At the end of the day, it's your, it's you have a religious state and your religious texts are being displayed uh, in this manner. What's wrong with that? I don't even see what's you wrong know, with that. You know, this is a framework of systemic oppression. That's what this is, systemic oppression. And we see it here. Uh, you know, advanced a little bit, you know, in, in the U.S. And we don't recognize that. But I think if we were to go back a couple of years, a couple of decades, then we would see that against the minorities here. And and we still see it to a lot of levels. But but this, I don't even know if we can, I don't even know if we can compare this because this is, I mean, this shocks me. No, 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 really I think does. you can. It's just hypocrisy at its finest. It's saying, well, we can do this, but you cannot because of this one difference, whether that be skin color or, or ideological difference. Or okay, whatever. let me, let me. Let me share a little bit more of, of the plight of the Ahmadi community in Pakistan. Yeah. So there, there were also a dispute with the local police and clerics who approached this person, Asan uh, Ahmed, who's a youth leader for the Ahmadiyya chapter in Tobat Tek Singh, a district in Pakistan. I mean, in Punjab. I'm sorry. I I'm mispronouncing these names. I, don't, I have them in English. I don't see them in Urdu. So I'm sure that it's not coming through. Um, but he was involved in a dispute where... The people came up to him and said, uh, from the Ahmadi Masjid, you have to remove the minarets as they're only allowed in Islam for Muslims. No, what idiocy yes. is this? <laughs> and this past, like this happened? This is systemic oppression. Let me tell you what Imran Khan did. Who was Atif Mia? He was a world-renowned economist. And he was in his advisory board and he was the Ahmadi of faith. Imran Khan removed him. He said, and he was only, uh, there was another one called Abdus Salam. He was the Nobel Prize winner and he was Ahmadi. And so they removed them from their titles because they were Ahmadi. Are you kidding me? That's, um, that's absolutely ridiculous. And he has died. Abdus Salam has died. And you still cannot put uh, Islamic scripture on his tombstone. It is still uh, not allowed. And the government does not acknowledge him as a Muslim. Screw the government. I believe what I believe. F you. I just kind of, that's how I feel about it. You have no right to look into people's hearts or proclaim to look into people's hearts and say, oh, yes, this is or, or is not a true Muslim. That ain't your place. Stop, stop pretending like you have something. Cut down your ego. Understand you're just another cog in the wheel. Allah is everything and you ain't nothing. Stay in your human lane. What's up with this? I think you like, this is so stupid. Like, like there's know. no logic. There is no logic. I can understand. There is never I... a logic to oppression. There's never any logic to oppression. Exactly. Like, I could understand what I have heard, which are the outrage and the conversations that have happened. 
But the true actions that you're explaining to me are just cemented in idiocy is what this is. This is just plain does not make any sense. It is very hypocritical and very the antithesis of our faith. Islam is all about openness and allowing people to do whatever they need to do, but also like understanding and calmness and softness with those who believe, you know, like let them do their thing, especially from a leadership role. Excuse me, you're putting up these things. I'm just, I am just appalled right now. I mean, by the way, not surprised Miran Khan did that at all. I'm not like a huge fan of his or whatever. Just want to throw that out there. People who are thinking, oh, but Imran Khan wouldn't do that. I'm glad you brought it up that he did. And um, I'm glad you brought up the credentials of the folks. And, and, and this was truly the only reason that they were removed. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. There, there's no... That's what I'm trying to say. And, and by... It, if we were supposed... We were supposed to have people based on merit. And now you're saying, no, wait, psych about your beliefs as well. Ugh, hypocrisy is rampant. I think you're experiencing the 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 rage, disbelief, uh, shock that I experienced when I read all of those things. Because I didn't know. Like, you didn't know. And you were like, what? And you're having all these emotions. And it's word vomit right now. And I'm here for it. <laughs> yes! I'm here for that because honestly, there there is a wake up call There needs to happen and we need to be told what the Ahmadiyya community is going through. And there's a reason why tens of thousands of Pakistani Ahmadiyyas have sought asylum in other countries. Why have people sought asylum from Pakistan? Like what is what? But they have sought asylum. Well, hold in on, other I'm countries. sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Why have Muslims sought asylum from a Muslim country? I just want to no. say that. Some are, the thing is that I think I think. OK, OK, man. <laughs> The issue is, and I have said this multiple times, and I say this to people around me. I say this to my family members. I say this to my husband, who is not Pakistani, but he's Muslim. And he looks at things what Pakistanis do. And he's like, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't understand either. And the reason why we don't understand is that we put Pakistan in a framework of a Muslim society. And we need to remove that entirely. Well, because on. there's no country who Pakistan, does that. Pakistan calls itself a Muslim society. It can so call itself whatever based, the heck it wants. Based on your own title here, then what is going on? You're right. On? Yeah, that is fine. We can point fingers and tell them whatever. But I think, honestly, internally, we need to understand that it doesn't form, form in the framework. It's kind of like here in the West, right? We're talking about democracy, quote unquote. And then we have a president who was like break, tra tearing down the tenets of democracy, but it's totally fine, but we're still democratic, right? Like, so we have a lot of labels in this country where people say to the US, oh, US is like this, but you're like, but bro, though, you're not though, right? right. <laughs> so I think, so. but now we're understanding here, oh yeah, uh, you were built on genocide or racism. We understand that. So let's, let's understand that. So we understand that about Pakistan, that it's not, a Muslim country. Very important to say that. It's not a Muslim country who practices Islam as it should be practiced or whatever. It wants to be, but it's not. I think I think <laughs> you that like you have offended all the Pakistanis out there, but I'm with you on that. This episode is brought to you by the Quran and Me Journal app, created by Paradise Pearls and Finder Publications, now available on the App Store and Play Store. If you like to reflect on Allah's words and journal about them, then this app is for you. The Quran and Me Journal app is designed to make journaling on the go very easy. So when you're on a soulful walk or in a taxi or at any random time when an ayah comes to mind, then you can just go into the app and journal your thoughts and even take pictures and capture the moment. This journaling app is designed to aid your journey to keep thinking and reflecting. It helps you to get to know the Quran better and relate to it in a personal way encouraging you to explore the meanings of the message of the Qur'an and make connections with it. It also supports you as you reflect, understand, and ponder over the words of Allah, changing your vision of the Qur'an and improving your relationship with it from being a ritual to becoming a compass to navigating life itself. If you're looking for an inspiring, dare we say therapeutic, Qur'an journaling experience like us, then download the Qur'an and Me journal app, now available on the App Store and Play Store for iOS and Android. I think I think you have offended a lot of a lot of maybe not all obviously of Pakistanis out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that because this is what you're talking about. You know, there's a conversation that needs to happen amongst the oppressed, and then from the oppressed to the world, and then there's a conversation that the oppressors need to have amongst themselves. Now we are mainstream Pakistanis, which in this case are the oppressors. 
So this is something I want to say to all Pakistanis out there that are not of the Ahmadiyya faith or not considered minority in Pakistan. Question yourself. Conscious consumerism, <laughs> matcha talk is all about questioning what you see. Question yourself. You are going to call Pakistan a Muslim country. I'm I know. I know Pakistanis do that. No, we're a Muslim country. Look at the actions. Stop looking at the titles. Look at the actions. Get into the details. Are you really a Muslim country? Are you really upholding the tenets of the faith? One of them being, as I've said, is, you know, not oppressing those that don't believe in your faith. Even if you, I just want to say, even if you think that Ahmadiyya are not Muslims, they still have rights amongst and uh, within the borders of an Islamic country. So how dare you to not give them even those basic rights, even according to your own standards, when you think they're not Muslims. And then if you think they are Muslims, I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself for for even saying anything and and and, and not supporting and and not understanding what's going on with them like that is the point of shame honestly if you think that they're muslim and you're not even saying anything about it now again even if they're not muslims that's like even again still shameful. it's worse it's actually worse because yeah. you're you're supposed to give protection to anybody who is under your uh jurisdiction in islamic country exactly. that's worse actually. so i think i just want to take a minute to to talk to mainstream pakistanis and the majority pakistanis and be like hey question yourself if you're in pakistan you need to take some sort of action on this because this is mm -hmm. stupid i didn't know about this this is absolutely ridiculous i'm not done yet though so last year <laughs> this is insane last year pakistani government uh, made a minority uh rights commission it was called national commission on minorities ncm and it did not include the ahmadiyya minority which is the most persecuted community minority community in pakistan and they did not include them into the minority rights commission. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a masjid board that does not include women on their board. It's oh kind of just God. like that. We're not even gonna talk. How many of no. that, How many folks of that community were Muslim? I mean, uh, females. Just I mean. That's I'm trying to say here is that I think that you know. Uh, there's a little bit of hypocrisy, like we mentioned, that we have, you know, we see things in other countries, like, oh, my God, a Muslim, like, oh, um, you know, the, the Muslim family in Canada who was run over by an extremist, a uh, white extremist. And so, uh, you know, that person, you know, and we're like, oh, my God, so shocked. How can this happen? This was a Muslim family going to just walking on the street. But then a Muslim, a, uh, an Ahmadiyya person in Pakistan opened his door and he was shot and killed by somebody who was harassing them for a long time. That was last year in November. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. Absolutely silence. How is this okay? It's not only silence, but like there's no, there's not even a recognize that, oh, yeah, this is injustice and that shouldn't happen. That person should be persecuted. So this has happened a lot. And now to say that, oh, yeah, we have minority rights, but but not the Ahmadiyya community, which is a minority as well. Like, where is that? You know? Yeah. So basically, you're living in a country where they don't recognize that you have a right to live, right? They don't recognize that you have a right to practice your faith. They don't recognize that you can have a place of worship that openly displays what you believe in. And they don't recognize you as a minority who's now, persecuted, period. No, you're going to hate me for this. But Summer. I just want to know. I just want to know. Okay. <laughs> so these blaspheme laws come into effect against Ahmadiyya specifically because just by nature of their belief, they're blaspheming the religion. Is, am, I, am I understanding that right? Can you ask me that again? So how do the these blaspheme laws? Well, a can we can we just take a second to identify what are these laws and b how they actually affect Ahmadiyyas? No, man. The thing is, the thing is, from what I'm learning so far, is that it isn't even about the blasphemy laws. It is specifically targeting the Ahmadiyya community. So apparently, you cannot. Um, I haven't, I, okay, I know I signed the the ID card for Pakistan, right? Because I have one. I think it's expired now, but I have one. But apparently when you sign the ID card, you have to specifically say that you do not believe that Qadiani, who was the uh, founder of Ahmadiyya religion, or, or whatever you want to say, that you have to, you have to say that, oh yeah, we don't believe he's a Muslim. And so 
the Pakistani community in the minority commission that I mentioned, they don't recognize them as a minority because they don't think Ahmadiyya community accepts the Pakistani constitution because since they illegalized the existence of the Ahmadiyya religion, they have to say, oh yeah, we disbelieve in the founder of this religion. We disbelieve in that. So they don't believe in that. That means they don't follow the constitution. So that means they're not part of the community. They're not even citizens of Pakistan because they don't have the ID card. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know, but I think they fake it. <laughs> so they have to hide their identity as Ahmadiyyas. Oh my so I'm not talking God. about blasphemy. Yeah, I'm talking about systemic oppression against the Ahmadiyya community. So that's what I'm talking about. So that's why this is wrong. So to be the citizen of a Muslim country, I no, have to Pakistan. denounce my faith. I'm, I'm talking to mm. those Pakistanis yes. who think that Pakistan is a Muslim country. Mm -hmm. I just want them to understand what a ridiculous idea this is. To be a citizen of a islamic country you have to denounce your faith that is that is that is a shameful shameful thing mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous and that's definite oh man i didn't even know i mean i knew about blaspheme lots and i'm like well that's just ridiculous pakistan being pakistan again i didn't know it was like this and maybe that is something that pakistanis who are there right now that's something they can have a conversation about because that seems to be one crux of the issue one crux of a, of a multi multi-faceted issue here the issue also is that you know if if you are overtly Ahmadiyya and people know about it maybe you're from the community or something and you do an act of goodness <laughs> like this lady according to this article in 2020 a Muslim woman from the quote-unquote constitutionally excommunicated Ahmadiyya community was arrested for blasphemy after giving charity to a mosque for <laughs> giving charity to a mosque because their issue again what you mentioned before yes the issue what you mentioned before oh so you are muslim but you're not really muslim like subhanallah it is not about that at all it's about a country saying that we don't like these group of people so we're gonna make their existence as hard as possible even if they're doing something as benign as giving charity. Because because the issue, the problem then, but you said, oh yeah, but you're doing it while pretending to be a Muslim and you're not. Well, like, so what? what? Charity, Wait, is, you can't. charity crosses those lines. Yes, as long as it's not the, haram money, which is defined very specifically and has no belief into, and has no jurisdiction into the what the person believes. that That's not what constitutes haram money anyway. So... There we go. That There's no reason for that to be the case. It's just idiocy. That's why I had an issue with you earlier when you were trying to bring the religious or Muslim, Pakistani Muslim, you know, conversations into this because it's not. that We need to understand that it does not belong in this discussion against the Ahmadiyya community. I think, Whatever issue... I think that part of the conversation does need to be for folks to understand a little bit of both sides of the coin because no one knows what what yeah, yeah. did you seriously just say that yes i do i, I no, did no i i don't agree with it's kind of like it, because it, you're talking black... hold on hold on i'm sorry because you're talking about pakistan you have to talk about this because you're talking about pakistan if you were talking about another country fine but unfortunately this is the kind of stuff you're gonna hear if you're gonna have look I'm not I'm not talking about action. I'm talking about if I'm going to be sitting at a table with someone, I need to be informed of some facts, some baseline truths for to have a conversation. And if you're going to be talking about another country, you're going to have to have that baseline understanding. What I'm saying is when you're talking this I what I'm talking about specifically is we I I think I'm viewing this that we have a platform to educate people on this issue not only on this is the oppression but this is the context the context exists whether you like it or not i think it's important if someone and, and that's what i am encouraging people to do is have conversation with folks around you however especially if you're going to go to a pakistani this is what they're gonna say and i want people to understand this is what they're gonna hear and i want people to know about it beforehand and also to to be able to understand what a flawed reasoning it is and to be able to then shift the conversation back to I agree what you're saying. It is not about that, but they need to be able not to be blindsided by those conversations because that's how I felt 
when uh, BLM was happening, when Trump was happening, is I'm just blindsided by these weird things, like, just suddenly, versus if I had even known that this was kind of a conversation that's happening and floating around, I can easily shut it down because I'm not suddenly just hit by it from the side. So I'm viewing it as an educational standpoint. I'm not viewing it, let's have, like, a 10-hour discussion about the law in place, but let's understand that, yes, this law does exist and why it doesn't matter. But we need to first understand that there is something in place and 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 about the flaws of it you know what i I think yeah i think i think that's what has happened here i think both of our um purpose of talking about it was different because my purpose was i just want to highlight the ahmedia community and what they're saying and your purpose is educational that whoever is listening can get okay get a little context and be able to have a discussion where they can say okay i expected that response from you and this is why it's wrong and but, but at the end of the day, I do want to say that, okay, so this is me, uh, a non-Ahmadiyya person, um, and you, you know, talking about this to everybody. Right. And so I think at this point, like I did, right? Like I was like, what, did, what are people talking about? What funeral? What happened? Independent okay, let me research read. is yes. is so necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point, if and, and that's what happened a lot to the white community here uh, in, in the U.S., a lot of them were blindsided because they've been living in this privileged bubble that they don't know. And that's the same thing in the Pakistani majority, Sunni Muslims. They're living in a bubble and they're living in a highly privileged situation that they don't know. So it is up to you. Like we said, like we're making progress. Indigenous people were already like living that. And now we're like, oh, look, we're making progress. No, 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 you're catching up. The Pakistani majority needs to catch up with the oppression that the Ahmadiyya community is facing and other minorities, but I'm specifically talking about the Ahmadiyya community. Catch up with that and see what you, where you've been lacking and what you need to do to uplift that community and give them the basic human rights to live because everybody deserves that. Not only is a humanity, but in our faith as Muslims, everybody deserves a right to live in peace and security. Absolutely. I don't want to say anything to that. That was a beautiful end. Let's wrap it up, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like we can talk about it for a very long time. No, I, I think I'm quite I, passionate about no, it. No, I think you, you hit it. You hit right on the on the on the head right with that last Alhamdulillah. piece. I hope, inshallah, that this episode, as loud and as passionate as it was, kind of ignites the same passion in you to stand up for oppression, inshallah. And if you have anything more to share about this, use the hashtag on Instagram, hashtag matcha talk. Let us know what are your thoughts. What are DM us with your things. Um, I just want to say any hate speech, (laughs) I'll ignore it. So don't even try. But if you want to have a conversation and please, if you are an Ahmadiyya Muslim and you want to come on this platform and share, this platform is open, always open for you to come and and share your story and whatever it is that you want. Uh, Just we'll give the mic. Basically, we'll give you the mic, inshallah. Yeah, I think that was it. Thank you very much for listening and joining us today. We appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.